Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is a podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Tristan Michael Windermere, author of the book, Flirting with the Lavender Lane. This is a book about two men who fall in love and learn along the way that their sexual orientation is not a surefire ticket to hell. So Tristan, I want to welcome you to the Books on Air podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book, Flirting with the Lavender Lane. Well, first of all, I'm from Michigan and, uh, I was born here in Grand Rapids, raised in Cedar Springs, and uh, over the last, oh, boy, I'd say probably 20, 25 years, I've had this idea for the first chapter in my mind and thought about it and thought about it, but never sat down and wrote it down. Mm-hmm. And so when I lost my two businesses that I had going, I decided to sit down and write the chapter down, and from there it sprang into a book. and. I wrote the book, got it published, and uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, so set the scene for us with your book and tell us when and where the story takes place and maybe tell us about some of the characters. It takes place in 2010 in Aurora, Illinois. The two main characters, the two men who fall in love, are Aiden Dupree and Tyler Aaron Belmont. They are from different parts of Illinois. Tyler is from Gurney, Illinois, and Andrew is from down farther in Illinois, down closer to the capital. They both actually have a little bit of me in them, interestingly, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) as I wrote them and developed them. Anything from their favorite salad to other little things in there that are similar. But uh, those are the two main characters, and they're involved are uh, many characters along the way um, that they run into. Andrew works at a um, post-service lounge where he people can come in and pay and have sex with the waitresses and waiters if they want. Um, that part is definitely fictional. And but in the process, Tyler needs to get a job, and he he comes down from Gurney to Aurora, where he gets a job over the internet. And he ends up moving in with Aiden, or I keep saying Aiden because that's his nickname. It's Andrew, but Aiden is his nickname. So he moves in with Andrew, and they begin to develop this love relationship. And uh, Tyler goes to church in Aurora, too, I mean, on a regular basis. But uh, um, there's this conflict between for Tyler between his Christian beliefs and between homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's that conflict in society as well as we know currently. So there's those conflicts going on around about and how people discriminate and um, argue and nitpick and, and uh, treat each other because of the homosexual issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought that was a very interesting point in your book, Um, as you said, obviously relevant today, too, and and, uh, uh, really the the impact that religion has um, 
and what that means when maybe someone, you know, does something that the church doesn't necessarily agree with in, in all ways. How, how was that um, in your book? How was that? Does he work through it? Is that something that you've experienced that, that you wanted to write about? Or can you tell us a little bit more about it? Well, the, the book is the first in a series. So this particular book doesn't resolve all issues, but it does mm-hmm. make some points about God creating every, everything and everyone, including homosexuals. And it is moving toward the sharing that I have or the idea that I have that the church has been rejecting people they should be opening their arms to and loving, not hating. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think over the years, the church has literally developed a phobia, a hatred toward homosexuals that is wrong. And so through the book, they're going to, or book series, they're going to develop that idea. But the first book develops part of it and gets it started and gets the groundwork going. Yeah, I always find that, that religion um, such an interesting thing because uh, it, it seems like they, it, it, they can pick and choose the, the topic and uh, decide how they want to do. And then sometimes it's, uh, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth with, <laughs> with right. what they what they say you should believe, but then what they actually do. But that's always very right. interesting. Um, so, okay, so let's get back to some, do you write about other struggles that the characters face in the book? Oh yeah. Andrew has trouble at work and has some issues that come up. Um, he almost gets gang raped. Um, Tyler at church runs into some people that are going to be recurring characters and, and runs into some bias right away because of where he lives, has a bad reputation um, in the apartment building with Andrew. Um, So yeah, there are all sorts of little conflicts here and there that that develop. And there's one one recurring character also I'll mention, uh, Landon Whitmore. And uh, I don't come right out and say he's an angel, but every time he appears or comes around, strange things happen and mm-hmm. he's talking to the two characters about the homosexual issue without judgment at mm-hmm. this point and trying to feel them out as to why they feel the way they do and so forth. So he helps draw the points out that they're trying to make. Mm-hmm. And so tell us a little bit more in your book, what are some of your favorite parts that you got to write about, or maybe some of the issues that you feel like um, are misunderstood or that you wanted people to know more about? Is there anything like that that you expressed throughout your book? Well, one thing that I wanted to point out is that, you know, some people say, well, homosexuals are that way because they're stupid. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. Homosexuals are highly intelligent generally, and I try to make that clear in my book through the way they talk and the correct grammar and spelling and stuff that they use. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I would mention. As far as a favorite scene, boy, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I just went over one uh, scene here today um, where... Uh, Andrew is dancing on stage doing his strip act and uh, he gets um, across or well, falls down and then ends up getting accosted on stage by three unhappy clients 
that want him to, you know, hire out to that to them so that they can have a private session, and he won't do it. And so, therefore, while he's on stage dancing, they come up and uh, attack him on stage. And um, so, so that seems like that. There's not a lot of debate about whether homosexuality is right or wrong or whatever. Um, clearly, rape is wrong, whether it's homosexual or heterosexual. Mm-hmm. It does not matter. Right. And uh, so um, I guess that would be one particular issue. I enjoy writing the uh, chapters where I lay out different ideas of why homosexuality is okay biblically. Mm-hmm. But I also enjoy the times when I kind of, quote, go off script and write just from ideas that come to my mind. And so it's it makes it very fun for me. I, I spend all my free time writing generally. Yeah. Yeah, and when um, I interview a lot of authors for these um, this podcast, and it's always that writing process, I can always hear excitement in people's voices when they talk about it because um, being, and especially as you talked about in the beginning, how you had the idea for such a long time, and then it's like once you sit down to write, all that creativity comes out, and um, it's a very very good way to, you know, of expression, but also of actually doing the thing that, you know, that you wanted to do for so long. Right. Right. Yeah. I like that. That's what started it. And from there just flowed the book. And sometimes, I mean, over the years when I was younger, I sat down to write different things in, in, in expecting them to turn into a book or something. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't keep it going. I couldn't, keep an interest in it. I couldn't keep it going. But this, I've got tons of material and I'm still not sick of it. And I'm still <laughs> writing. And, you know, and it, right. still, it just flows. I mean, the Lord just makes it flow. It just keeps coming out. So. Yeah. Well, and that's good, right? That's when you know you're, you're doing the thing that you're meant to do when you, when it feels that way. Yeah. Like effort, it sounds like effortless, I guess is what it sounds like you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us some words or some themes that you would use to describe your book. Well, it is gritty, I say, mm-hmm. because it's down to earth and it's not totally descriptive, but it's descriptive enough that you know what's going on mm-hmm. uh, in the scene. So you have to be prepared when you start reading it. And, and know that so that you don't all of a sudden run into something and you think, oh, my gosh, I'm reading pornography or something. It's mm-hmm. not going to go into pornography. It's just letting you know what's happening and then it's moving on. Um, and uh, so that would be one thing. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing would be keeping an open mind about the whole issue between religion and homosexuality. And I believe, you know, that the two groups, in order to prosper, need to come together and meet some kind of a make some kind of an agreement or some kind of a realization and understanding that we have modified biblical um, precepts and rules over the years. We no longer follow the old law, for example. We no longer follow some of the things in the Old Testament. We do different things because we realize they don't work or God says they don't work. 
And uh, in, but the one thing from the Old Testament that we bring forward and hold on to is supposedly anyway back then being anti-gay. And uh, I want the church to realize that when those things were written, when those passages were written that go against, supposedly go against homosexuality, they were going against homosexuality as far as rape, uh, Mm -hmm. having sex with children, uh, raping soldiers after defeating them in battle, uh, things like that were that were happening in the past in Roman society and in, in societies around Israel. Um, so that would be another thing is to keep an open mind that I don't, the church is, they're stopping short of lying, um, but they're right on the border there all the time, I feel like. And I, I get, just get frustrated myself just listening to the different pastors talk about homosexuality when I know that they're skipping this point, they're skipping that point, they're skip, ignoring these facts, and they're coming to this conclusion, which is not stated anywhere in the Bible, that mm-hmm. homosexuals are wrong, period, you know. Uh, so uh, that would be, I guess, a major theme in the book or of the yeah. for writing the book. Yeah, and I mean, it's such a big topic. I mean, um, and and so much can be said about that. Um, unfortunately, this interview doesn't have a lot of that, that time, but um, I want to just move on to a, a couple more questions before we wrap up. Um, what would you say surprised you the most while you were writing your book? Did anything surprise you? Well, the comments I got from people, you know, uh, mm-hmm. especially some of my family members who are very much anti-gay, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I get comments like, well, is it from the true biblical standpoint that homosexuality is wrong, you know, and I just say whatever, you know, and move on. <laughs> I don't argue with them. But um, um, if they actually sit down to read it, they're going to find that it's gradually bringing out these points and these facts, these um, index, indexed facts, I should say, uh, that I have, uh, that homosexuality is not, like you said, the one-way ticket to hell. Uh, so many preachers preach that it is, and that's very, very, to, to me, it comes across as very hateful. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in hell, and I believe there'll be people that'll go there, yes. But I don't think being, I don't think your sexual orientation is going to be one of the deciding factors. And did your family members read the book, or did they just ask you about it? Because I'm I'm just thinking about what you said about keeping an open mind, because um, that's obviously very hard for pretty much all of us to do. Um, But the interesting thing about that, when you do keep an open mind, it doesn't necessarily mean the person is trying to change your opinion or that you're even going to change your opinion. But if you're not willing to look at another side of something, um, I think that's something I've been thinking a lot about lately, um, just about how when we're unwilling to look at the other side of something, then how can we pretend that we know anything about it if we haven't? Done, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can, yeah, if you're not, yeah. if you're just staying in your own opinion and assuming your own opinion is right, um, I think that's something worth considering for sure. Yeah, I agree. And uh, 
but I, you know, I, I don't fool myself. I don't anticipate many of my family members reading it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, then, you know, that's their choice, right? They get to choose yeah. that, but you know, but like, you know, like, like you say, pastors and other clergy that want to keep an open mind should read it and consider mm-hmm. the points it brings out. Um, I believe along with, their studies of homosexuality in the Bible and so forth that they got in, in the seminary and in college. Um, so, yeah, that's part of keeping an open mind and keeping um, yourself from being so biased you're blind. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's an extremely extremely important point. And Tristan, I want to thank you for joining us today. My guest has been Tristan Michael Windermere, author of the book, Flirting with the Lavender Lane. And before we close out today, Tristan, what do you hope the readers learn or take away after reading your book? Well, I hope that gradually our churches will uh, come to an understanding that homosexuality is the same as heterosexual relationships, homosexual relationships are and are governed by the same rules in the Bible, and both are acceptable to God, um, is, is, is my hope. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, Tristan, I want to thank you for joining us today and being our guest, and good luck on the rest of the books in your series. Okay, thank you. You can find more about the book, Flirting with the Lavender Lane, on Amazon, and I'll link to the book in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.